I am an ice cream on cake guy, so. Uh-oh. What do we feed Matt through over here? We have to stand up. Well, thank you guys. It's an honor to be here before you guys today. Like I said, I'm going to be sharing my story as part of the message today. But, you know, what better way to have a continuous summer blockbuster series than the guy who runs the movie theater? And so that's not why I'm here. I was a youth pastor for eight years in the Austin area. So I do know a little bit about this, but we'll see what we can do. I thank you. Appreciate you being here. It was about 18 months ago that, that this journey of this message began. I was in ministry. I was in my eighth year of full-time youth ministry, living in Georgetown. Everything was great. Life was good. thought I had everything figured out. know exactly what I want to do. I'm happy. I found myself. Things couldn't be better. God, as we know, has different plans sometimes than what we have. And in a matter of what seems like a blink of an eye before you know it, me, my wife, and kids were here in Palestine. And the only t- we had only been in Georgetown for eight years, in Texas for eight or ten years, in Georgetown the whole time. Everything I knew about Texas was there. Every friend we had in Texas was there. And God said, I'm going to move you to Palestine, a place we had never been before, and because I have some other things planned for you. And I can remember getting here and clearly struggling with this idea of, of what am I doing here? I felt lost. I felt hopeless. I felt broken. I just didn't know why God would bring us here. And it was out of that, as out of this movie, as we're going to see here as you meet Hugo, that this message came out. And this message is about the providence of God and the purposes of God. God's providence, in short, means God's future provision for us. What's going to happen tomorrow, God has already provided for you. We may not know what it is. We may not even understand what it is. But it's already provided for. And I hope through the point of all this that we'll kind of see that God really loves us and he has provided everything for us. So as we start, let's meet the star of our show, Hugo. First time you've stolen from me, is it? My little thief. Quick, empty your pockets. You're hurting me. Empty your pockets or I'll call the station inspector. Do as I say. (laughs) 
おおおおおおおおおおおおおおおおおおおおは
is how did I get here? And what's the point of me being here? This is where the subject of God's providence comes in. The first thing we're going to learn this morning is we do not end up somewhere by accident. There is purpose behind it. There is a purpose behind every little accident that we think we have had in life. We just may not see it or may not know what it is at the time. My grandma, who's now 80, is suffering from Alzheimer's, used to tell me, life is a series of happy little accidents. I want to take a look at a few happy little accidents now and, and kind of show you how those were turned into something with a greater purpose. What's this one? In 1905, Frank Epperson left a mixture of powdered soda and water in a container on his front porch. He had been stirring it with a stir stick, and his mom called him to come inside. Well, over the night, the temperatures in San Francisco dropped to a record low, creating the fruit-flavored ice treat commonly known as the popsicle. That's how we have a popsicle, because some kid left it on his front porch after playing with it. This next one you may not know. Anyone know what this one is? This one is a pacemaker. Wilson Greatbach, a professor of electrical engineering, was designing a circuit to help record the sounds of a heart. Greatbach reached into his equipment box to grab a register, a resistor, to complete the circuit and accidentally grabbed the wrong one. He put the resistor in and the circuit pulsed for 1.8 milliseconds, stopped for a second, and then repeated, mimicking the sound of a human heart. Greatbach had just created the pacemaker and subsequently saved millions of lives in the process. That was created by accident. Here's the next one. Any lab people know what this one is? What? Penicillin. Yes. Alexander Fleming went on a two-week holiday. He was in such a hurry to leave that he forgot to clean up his work area and left everything out. Fleming returned to discover that a mold was growing on his petri dishes. Upon further inspection, he discovered that there were no bacteria present around the mold. Our messy scientist accidentally discovered penicillin, once again saving millions of lives along the way. These accidents turn out to have meaning and purpose. And all the accidents that occur to us in our lives turn out to have meaning and purpose as well. You are exactly where God needs you to be for his purpose to be accomplished sitting here today. You may not know why, you may not know what, but you're exactly where God needs you to be. And no matter what accident got you here, you're supposed to be here. Acts 17, verse 26. For one man he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. A little background on this verse, Paul is preaching in Greece, and he is preaching in the Oropagus. The Oropagus is this open-air courtyard in front of the Acropolis. The Acropolis is where all the politicians, the judges, where all the law sorts of things go on in Greece at the time. And in the, in the Oropagus at this time, they had all these different monuments set up for all the different gods that they had in Greece. The fire god, the moon god, the sun god, the rain god, everything. Well, there's one pedestal that's empty, has nothing on it, and there's a little plaque that says, to the unknown god. Well, when Paul walks in, he begins to preach about this unknown god. This unknown god is our god, the father of Jesus Christ. That's who he's talking about here. And he's telling these people that even though you're here, even though you have all these different beliefs, God knew you were going to be here today. It's not an accident that you showed up here because God knew you were going to be here. 
God has used many happy little accidents in each and every one of our lives to bring us here this morning. So what's next? Now that we realize maybe all the things that have happened to me haven't really been an accident, what next? How do I put it all together? How do I, how do I move forward with that? The next thing that we're going to learn is God has a purpose for each and every one of us here. He's going to use those accidents because of his providence for a purpose for your life today. Many times in the day-to-dayness of our lives, known as the happy little accidents of our lives, we find ourselves in situations in which we can have an impact. It may be at the grocery store, an encouraging word to somebody. It may be holding open the door for somebody who needs it. It may be giving up your seat on a crowded bus. But every day you have the opportunity to impact somebody's life. As we're going to see, Hugo and George will be get very, very close to each other. We're going to find another example of just an everyday occurrence and how it can impact somebody's life. Go away. Fix it. I said fix it. I know you've been stealing parts from the shop. Might as well use those you haven't stolen yet. Give me my notebook. You've got a bit of talent. But you'll have to prove there's more to you than being a thief. You can earn your notebook. How? Come to the booth every day and I'll decide how long you must work for each item you stole. And it will be up to me to decide when you've earned your notebook, if ever. I already have a job. Thief is not a job, boy. I have a different job. So I'll come on, I can. You begin tomorrow. Go away. I'll begin now. Not that well in the other one. We can see something's blossoming now between George and Hugo. Hugo used George as an opportunity to get parts to fix up this automaton that we're going to see here in a little bit. The automaton was a project that him and his dad began to work on. And so with his dad dying, it's the last piece that he has of his father. And so when George would fall asleep, he would run and he would steal little pulleys and levers and all the things he needed to get the automaton running. 
And now he's beginning to use some of those skills to help George out. It's beginning to look like maybe this was supposed to happen. Maybe he was supposed to be there. Maybe he was supposed to meet George. Going back to my story and the providence providence of God, I found out on a Tuesday that that transitions were going to be made at, at the church I was serving at. Literally the next day, and I kid you not, on Wednesday, I get a phone call from one of the Shulman brothers asking, would you be interested in coming to Palestine to be the GM of the movie theater? I had inquired about it. I hadn't asked about it. It had never been on the radar that that was an option. That was God's providence. Saying, you may not know it yet, but I have something for you. And so let's go on this adventure together. This leads me to my second point. We do not always know what our purpose is, but we do have one. The beauty of how God works is that he uses us without our knowledge sometimes. You know, and I think we've all been in those situations where you'll say something to somebody one day and three weeks later they'll come back and say, what you said three weeks ago changed my life. It seemed like an innocent, harmless thing that we did. We just never know how God is going to use each and every one of us. We could be moaning and groaning about our situations that God has put us in, and God is using those same situations for good. I love this about God. This is what excites me so much about God. Is that when I'm moaning, when I'm complaining, when I'm groaning, when I'm wondering, woe is me, when I'm wondering what is going on, God is using that to bless other people. We see in the movie that a young boy is trying to discover a a piece of his father by finishing his project. He steals his way into the heart of an old store owner and befriends the store owner's granddaughter. It seems like an insignificant, harmless exchange between two people, but it will grow into something much, much more that will have much greater impact. The Bible is full of these kinds of stories, and I want to bring your attention to one in the book of Acts. Acts 3, verses 1 through 7. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called Beautiful Gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I, have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. This is an unbelievable story. Because both of these, all three people involved were on their daily, regular routine. Peter and John would go to the temple every day. And as it says here, this man was carried to the gate every day to ask alms from people. I often wonder how come they had never come in contact before. What was special about this day that God made them come in contact with each other? But it was no accident that they were there, and it was no accident that he was there. There was purpose behind all of it. Back to me, even though I hate talking about me. After a few months of attending New Life, I began meeting regularly with our pastor, Doug Washburn. And through those meetings, my passion for discipleship and for just seeing people get it and seeing people connecting began to come clear to both Doug and myself. God began possibly cracking open some doors. 
And even though this was all going on, it was still a time in my life where I felt out of sorts. In many ways, I could say that I felt broken. Can anyone else in here relate? Are you just at a point now where you just feel like you're broken, purposeless, just sad, like you just don't know why you belong or what's going on? Let's see what Hugo has to say. Where did you get this? None of your business. I need it. What for? I just need it. Not Not unless you tell me why. Oh, this is superlative. What is that? It's an automaton. My father was fixing it. Before he died. Why would my key fit into your father's machine? He looks sad. I think he's just waiting. For what? work again. Let's do what he's supposed to do. Profound. He is sad because he's not doing what he's supposed to do. He's not doing what he was built to do. He's not doing what he's meant to do. And I know I've been there, and I know there's people in here this morning who are there right now, that they're sad because they're not doing what they're supposed to do. And worse yet, they don't know how to do what they're supposed to do. That brings us to our third point. Everyone has a purpose, and our purpose is fit together in God's plan. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. Now there are varieties of gifts, purposes, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are a variety of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Every person has a reason or purpose for where they are in life. Even in your broken down, sad, don't know what to do condition, there's purpose for that. And you're going to have somebody that's looking to you saying, how, how are they doing it? How are they getting through? What's different about them? And how can they help me? God has designed each and every one of us. We're like pieces of machinery. Every one of us has a purpose. Every one of us has a job. And for many of us, our purposes and our jobs all intertwine together. If, even if you feel like you're wandering aimlessly with no purpose... God still has purpose for that season. 
He still has providence in your life. And he still has control over what's going on. As my regular meetings with Doug continued, it became clear to both of us that the things I was passionate about were also some of the things that Doug felt could be beneficial here at New Life. All of a sudden, a purpose for being at New Life was beginning to, beginning to shine forth. There is always a purpose for God's people. Everyone here today has been purposed by God. So where does that leave us? How does a community of people who are together by some sort of accidental situation or accidental condition fit together? How does someone as jacked up as me mix with somebody as messed up as you? And furthermore, how is God's kingdom going to benefit from all of that? Let's visit our friend Hugo. Yes, indeed. Very good plates. Monsieur Le Beast gave me a book the other night. He's always doing that. Sending books to a good home. That's what he calls it. He's got real... purpose. What do you mean? Everything has a purpose. Even machines. Clocks tell the time and trains take you places. They do what they're meant to do. Like Monsieur Le Beast. Maybe that's why broken machines make me so sad. They can't do what they're meant to do. Maybe it's the same with people. If you lose your purpose, it's like you're broken. Like Pa George. Maybe we can fix him. Is that your purpose? Fixing things. I don't know. It's what my father did. I wonder what my purpose is. I don't know. Maybe if I had known my parents, I would know. Come with me. Right after my father died, I'd come up here a lot. I'd imagine the whole world was one big machine. Machines never come with any extra parts, you know. They always come with the exact amount they need. So I figured if the entire world was one big machine, I couldn't be an extra part. I had to be here for some reason. And that means you have to be here for some reason too. Every church has every piece that it needs. I know when you're at a church and you're looking at how everything happens and everything goes, the big question is, how do I fit? What do I do? How can I be of use at this church? They're great with people. She's good with kids. He's great at preaching. He's great at teaching. What can I do? 
Every person God puts here fits for the church that they are at. That's how God's kingdom works. And so everybody in here has a purpose. Everybody in here has a reason. How many know what this is? All you, all you me- mechanical wizards will know. These are the insides of a clock. Are you familiar with how a clock works? A clock is made up of several gears, springs, and pendulums, along with a lot of other tiny little pieces. A key is used to wind the clock. The winding motion tightens the mainspring. As the mainspring unwinds, its energy turns the gears, which are interconnected, and the gears cause the hands to move. In some cases, instead of a key, you have a pendulum. And the pendulum keeps the time and ensures the gears move at the right pace. Some clocks use weights instead of mainsprings, but it is the same concept. It is an unbelievably intricate and incredible machine. How about the next one? Uh Uh-oh. If one part of our clock fails, what happens to the clock? It doesn't work. God's kingdom is similar to a clock. If one part of God's kingdom isn't doing its job, God's kingdom doesn't work in the way it was meant to work. God is greater than all that. He makes it work out. But every piece that he has at New Life is meant to fit in for the God's purposes of New Life. Some of you may be a spring. Some of you may be a pendulum. Some of you may be one of those tiny little parts that we don't see sometimes. But everybody here fits in to the clock that is New Life. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 14. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many The body at New Life doesn't consist of Doug Washburn and his family. It consists of everybody here. And when you guys make Doug and his family do all the work, this can't function the way it's supposed to function. And we all have a part to fit in that. Back to me a little bit. I guess I do like talking about myself. I now have an opportunity to be involved in connecting people together here at New Life whether through small groups, triads, or even the blessing of being able to preach today, I'm able to use my God-given passions for his kingdom. I feel like I have meaning and purpose again. The events that got me here, as painful as they are, all had purpose. The same can be said for you today. It is not an accident that you are here, sitting here this morning. God has a purpose for you to realize. And better yet, God's going to intertwine your purpose with the purpose of everybody else here to create one incredible machine. So you guys want to know how it ends for Hugo? Let's see. Orphanage deal with you. No, I don't belong there. Where do you belong then? A child has to belong to somewhere. You listen to me. Please, please listen to me. You don't understand. You have to let me go. I don't understand. Why my father died. Why I'm alone. It is my only chance to work. You should understand.
I do. I do. Monsieur. This child belongs to me. I'm sorry. He's broken. No. He's not. He worked perfectly. Welcome you to this gala, celebrating the life and work of Georges Méliès. For years, most of his films were thought to be lost. Indeed, Monsieur Méliès believed so himself. But we began a search. We looked through vaults, through private collections, barns, and catacombs. Our work was rewarded with old negatives, boxes of prints, and trunks full of decaying film, which we were able to save. We now have over 80 films by Georges Méliès. And tonight, their creator, and the newest member of the Film Academy faculty, is here to share them with you. gentlemen, I, I am standing before you tonight because of one very brave young man who saw a broken machine and against all odds, she fixed it. We all have broken machines in our lives. And each and every one of you has a purpose to fix it. I don't know what that broken machine is. It may be a relationship. It may be a job situation. It may be things from the past that haven't been dealt with. But everyone in here has a machine that they need to fix. Just one quick sidebar. George Meliès was actually a real guy. 
He was a real director at the turn of the century all the way up until World War I. So that part of this movie is true. As we close today, I, I'm a drive-the-point-home type of guy. You know, I've been, I've been in many services where we can sit and in our mind we say, I'm going to make a change, I'm going to do something different. This really matters to me. But I have found for me and for many others that if we make a public, if we do something to really show you know, how important it is, it seems to stick. And so what I want everybody to do is I'd like everybody to close their eyes. What I'm going to do is I'm going to start reading just a few of these statements. And when, if one of these statements are true, which I believe one of these will be, I just want you to stand up. And then when we're done, I'll tell everybody to open your eyes. And I believe what's going to happen is you're going to see how the clockwork fits together here at New Life Church. So just keep your eyes closed, and if one of these applies, please stand. I'm here today because I'm searching for answers. I just have answers, and I'm searching. I'm hoping this is the place that I can find them. I'm here today, but I'm barely hanging on. I mean, I'm, I'm hanging by a thread. I'm here today because my life feels broken. I feel sort of like that machine. I just feel sad and broken. I'm here today, but I do not know what my purpose is. Maybe I haven't thought about it. Maybe I just don't know what it is. I'm here today, and by the grace of God and by the power of his glory, I have found my purpose in him, but I'm ready to share that purpose with somebody else. All right, guys, look around. This is the clock of New Life Church. Every piece standing can fit with every other piece. If you're wondering what your purpose is, look around this room. Your purpose is standing in this room right now. Your purpose is here. Let me close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Father, so much for this day. Father, I... I thank you for your providence, Father God. Not only in my life, but in the life of everybody here, Father God. You purpose for every person here to be here this morning, Father. And I praise you for that. Father God, I believe some people came in here wondering, wandering, lost, sad, broken. No idea what was going to happen when they leave. And I believe now you've at least given some of those a glimmer of why they were here today. And Father God, that is what you do. Lord, I hope and pray that this service wasn't about my words, Father God, but it was about your spirit as you spoke through both me and through the movie and through the worship, Father God. Father, I lift up every person to you right now. I pray that as they leave this place, Father God, that you continually move in their lives, Father God, that you build on this moment right now. I believe people made huge decisions here this morning, Father God, and I ask that you build on those as they leave this place, Father. Lord God, we love you. Father, we know sometimes we don't feel like we're worthy to be before you, God, but we are. 
And that is through the blood sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. And so, Father God, as, as we get ready to close today, if there's anybody in this room who hasn't made that step yet, that last step of faith, the leap of faith as they call it, to fully hold on and grasp the truths of the gospel that says, I am a sinner, I can't get to heaven on my own, but there is a way, and that way is through Jesus Christ. We sang about it earlier, one way. Let today be their day. If there is a person here, you can find somebody in the congregation, you know, you can come speak to me or you can just pray about it. But I believe the Lord will change your life today. Father God, I ask that you go with us. I ask that you open all the doors that have seemingly been closed for so long, Father, from this day forward, God. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen. We have three baskets here at New Life. The first basket is the joy basket, which, which I see a lot of tears in the crowd. I'm sorry for that. It's hard to watch Hugo and not cry, by the way. That's where we put all of our tithes and offerings to God. It is joyful to be able to give, and that's what that basket is for. The second basket is the registration card basket. Uh, that's pretty self-explanatory. And I'm going to have you write something on the cards here in a minute. And then the third basket is the, what is the basket? Building a good life, the bagel basket. I love it. I always think of McDonald's whenever I think that one. So it's the McDonald's basket we're going to call it. <laughs> Everything that goes in there goes to pay off the church debt. I know the Lord has huge plans for this place, and you guys get to be involved in all that. But as part of that process, we don't want to be in debt. You know, we want to be able to do it in a way that honors the Lord. And so everything that goes in that bagel basket goes to pay off this building. So one thing I want you to do if, if on your registration card, and then you can leave, is just write on there, I believe God has given some of you guys a purpose today as, as you were listening. And so if he has, please write it on there. And if he hasn't, at least write that, hey, he's given me a renewed hope to search for that purpose, to search for that, what that purpose is. And then when you guys get that done, you can be dismissed. Thanks for letting me preach, guys. Appreciate it.